Scripture today will come from 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Good morning, church. It is great to see each and every one of you here today, especially those of you that are visiting. Thank you for coming our way, and we'd like to ask that you will stay around a few moments after our services so that we might get to know you better. I uh, appreciate uh, Brother Albert mentioning our birthdays. Uh, we do have several birthdays, and Brother Ansel, happy birthday to you. Uh, Lou Riddle, I understand, is 85 today, so happy birthday to her as well as others. So we are thankful for all of you uh, who are celebrating birthdays today and this week. And we are thankful that you have chosen to be here today. I want to encourage you to pray for those on our prayer list, especially Russell Neal. Russell and Linda are over in Memphis now. Russell, they believe, suffered a stroke, and he is over there receiving care in Baptist East, so we want to remember Russell and Linda as she helps out with him. So remember them in your prayers as well. Suppose that I had... A bag. I want you to imagine this in your mind. And I want you to imagine if I had this bag, and I tell you, in this bag, I have some powder. And if you were to come up and stick your hand in this bag and touch that powder, you would die. Now, I wonder how many of us would be willing to step out of your pew, come down the aisle, and stick your hand in this bag of powder that I have told you that if you touch this powder, you will die. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, that's crazy. There's, there's no powder like that. And then, and then some of you say, well, I, I don't know, you may, be, you may be true, but then are you willing to step out of the aisle and come down and stick your finger in this powder in this imaginary bag? Now there might be a few of you, like I was thinking in my mind, if, if I really had a bag, uh, Brother Jeff Lumpkin might be willing to come down and, and stick his hand in that bag. Maybe Danny. Danny might come down and stick his hand in that bag. Uh, but uh, besides those gentlemen, maybe a few others, most of us would say, well, you might be right or, or I don't really believe you. But there are a few that might say, hey, I'll take you up on it. And I believe my brother Jeff would do that because he would trust me. He would have faith in me. Right, Jeff? Uh, and so that's the idea. And a lot of people live faith like that. And that's what we want to think about this morning is living by faith. The Bible is full of scriptures that deal with faith. Here's just a few notice on the screen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, the Bible tells us that we're saved by grace through faith. Paul would also say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, we must walk by faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Bible says, without faith it is impossible to please God. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 23, the Bible says, whatever we do apart from faith is sin. So these are just a few passages of Scripture that deal with the idea of faith. And as we have already looked, the, the definition of faith has to do with words like assurance, 
trust, even loyalty and confidence. The African impala is said to be able to leap more than 10 feet, even cover 30 feet. Yet this amazing animal can be in any zoo kept in an enclosement with only a three-foot wall. It's because this amazing animal needs to see where its feet will land before it can jump those amazing heights. But you see, faith is a little bit different. Faith allows us to have the ability to trust in the things that we can't see. Didn't the Hebrew writer say in Hebrews chapter 1, 11 and verse 1, Now faith is being sure of what sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of James chapter 2. James chapter 2. And I want us to read through James chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, about faith. And you'll remember James here deals with faith and works and how they go hand in hand. And then we're going to talk about a few things faith, living by faith is not and what living by faith is and what it looks like. And again today we're going to take some illustrations from other scriptures, other stories and characters in the Bible. James chapter 2 beginning in verse 14, James says... What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and if one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But, you do, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Someone has said, faith is like calories. I've never seen one, but I've seen their results. James doesn't say, add to your faith works. He said, we see our faith by our works. Paul has already said in Ephesians 2, we're saved by grace through faith. And James didn't come along and say, well, you add to that faith works. No, you show your faith by the good things that you do. We are created in His image. We are created for His work, His works to be workmanship to do the good things. I want us to notice a few things that 
faith is not. First of all, I want us to notice that living by faith is not just in what we say. You know what James says? He said, uh, if a man claims, if one of you says to him, you see, James says, it's not about what you say. It's not about just saying that you have faith. Jesus said in Matthew 7 and verse 21, notice it, if you will. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Even Jesus spoke about believing in His works. John chapter 14 and verse 11, notice it. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves, the things that I've done. At least believe on those. Our deeds will either support or suppress our words. So the things we do, they will either support what we say or they will suppress what we say. You see, living by faith is not just in what we say. Paul would say this in Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. They claim to know God, but their actions, they deny Him. They claim to know God, but by the way that they live, by the things that they do, they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Let's illustrate it this way. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 18. You remember this parable, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 9. Also He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one of tax collector and one of Pharisee. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Now notice who he's praying to. He's praying to God. He's saying things to God. I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. In a sense, Jesus may be saying this Pharisee, he claimed and said things of faith. He was speaking to God, but yet his actions really did not reveal his Faith. You see, living by faith is not just about what we say. Number two, living by faith is not just about how we feel. Today it's a popular thing to say, I feel your pain. Or I feel this way or that way about this particular thing. Especially in the realm of politics, right? I feel this or I feel that. Well, living by faith is not just about what we feel. James tells the example in James 2, 15 and 16 about the one who says to his brother or sister, 
that is naked and destitute. Be warmed and filled. Go on your way. Peace be with you. John would say it this way in 1 John chapter 3. Notice what it says on the screen, beginning in verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence wherever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. Do you recall back in Scripture when we read about Jesus having compassion on people? When Jesus would look out and He would have compassion on people, generally nine times out of ten, most of the time, that is always followed up by an action that Jesus extends to those people He had compassion on. So living by faith then is more than how I feel. It's more than what I say. You see, Jesus knew when people needed loaves and fishes more than a sermon. Let's illustrate it this way. Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. This is another parable that you know well. The parable of the rich young ruler when Jesus counsels that rich young ruler. This rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, Good teacher... What good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good. That is God. But if you want to enter into, into life, keep the commandments. And He says, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said, all these I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? He felt like doing these commandments was all that he needed to do. That was good. I've done this, Jesus. You've told me. I, I feel like I've done this all of my life. But Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. You see, living by faith is not just feeling like I'm okay. It's not just feeling like I'm doing okay. It's about truly surrendering to Jesus. As Larry said in his prayer, it's all about Him. As we come together this morning, as we walk out of these doors, as we go back to our homes, as we enter into our workplaces and our schools, it's all about Jesus. But I want us to notice one other thing that living by faith is not. It's not just about what we believe. 
James says in verses 18 to 20, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you know, do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? I came across this quote from someone. Notice what he says. He says, We can be orthodox or customary in our doctrine, and yet our faith can be more demonic than dynamic. What I believe he's trying to say is that we can go through all the right motions, we can say, I believe, and we can, to some degree, act the par. We can come into our buildings and we can uh, speak religious jargon, and yet our faith can be more demonic than dynamic. Because it may just be words. Many times in the Gospels, when the demons would see Jesus, they could often give a fuller description, a fuller understanding of who Jesus was many times than some of His followers. Remember when He would cast out demons. You remember when the apostles tried at times, they said, Jesus we know, but who are you? Warren Wiersbe says this, It comes as a shock to people that demons have faith. What do you believe? Or what do they believe? For one thing, they believe in the existence of God. They are neither atheists nor agnostics. They also believe in the deity of Christ. Whenever they met Christ when He was on earth, they bore witness to His Sonship, Mark 3. They believe in the existence of a place of punishment, Luke chapter 8. And they also recognize Jesus Christ as judge, Mark chapter 5. And they submit to the power of His words. James says, you believe, even the demons believe and tremble. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. I want us to notice the parable of, by way of illustration, the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know this parable well. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he, had, and he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, and labor, your neighbor as yourself. And he said, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he says, Who is my neighbor? A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. 
Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his animal, brought him into an inn, and took care of him. On the next day he departed, and he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said to him, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Now every time I read this parable, I have to admit it gives me some issues. Because I can see myself in the place of the priest and the Levite. I can see that in their mind they probably had some important things to take care of. And it wasn't that they just really didn't care about this man, but they had some important things to take care of. Ever been there? And Jesus wants us to realize living by faith is not just coming together and say, I believe. I'm sure the priests and the Levite believed in God. But Jesus wanted these Jewish people to understand. Many times you claim to believe in God and you claim to be doing the right things and you claim to be God's people and yet the the most unlikely one to show compassion on this man was a Samaritan. And Scripture would want us to understand that living by faith is not just about what we say. It's not just about how we feel. It's not just about what we believe. But notice that James will say it's about also what we do. It's about our actions. Verses 21 through 26, James would say, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? He was not adding his faith to his work, to uh, works to his faith, but they were working together and by works faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which says to Abraham, uh, says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Go ahead and be turning in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, and we'll come back to that in just a moment by way of illustration. You see, trying to separate our works from our faith, James says, is like separating the spirit from the body. It's not our works that save us. Remember, we, we've dealt with that in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For that by grace you have been saved through work. By grace you've been saved through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And James says, faith produces works. 
Faith, then, is a lifestyle. It's the way I live. It's not when I come together with the church. It's not just when we come together as a youth group. It's not just when we come together and express our faith. It's when we go out and we live out our faith. That's living by faith. Dynamic faith takes care of people who are in need. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, notice it if you will, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. He would go on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 2, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. James says, you see how Abraham's works were going together, they were working together with his faith. So since he mentions Abraham, let's go and let's think about Abraham by way of illustration, by what we do. Faith is, our works are produced by our faith. Genesis chapter 22, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your only son Isaac. Now remember, what was the promise from God to Abraham? You would have a son. And you remember he waited and waited. He and Sarah, they waited for that son. And, and because they got anxious, they began to take things into a, their own hands. And, and through her handmaiden, here comes Ishmael. But God says, that's not, that's not the promised son. And now finally Isaac comes along and he's somewhere between the ages of 12 to 17. And God comes to him and he says, now I want you to offer your only son Isaac, whom you love, and to go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on, on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham and his father and said, My father? And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, now imagine, imagine he knows what he's going to do. He knows what God has asked him to do. And now his son has said, now, now, Father, I understand this. You've taught me well. I, I see the fire. I see the wood. But where's the offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt, burnt offering. So the two of them went together and they came to the place which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and he laid him upon the altar. And he raises the knife and he's ready to kill him to take his son's life. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. 
And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then you know the rest of the story. Abraham looked up, uh, lifted up his eyes and he looked over in the thicket and there was a ram caught in there. You see, Abraham not only said he believed God, Abraham not only felt like he believed God, Abraham not only believed God, but he acted on what God asked him to do. Abraham lived by faith. You see, today, you and I, we live in a very much me-oriented society. And I've often said, and I will continue to say, the number one person I fight against is me. And society constantly fuels that. It's about you. And that's why I'm thankful And we can stand and declare, it's not about me. It's about You, Lord. And it's a struggle. Jesus would say in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, If anyone would come after Me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow Me. Not an easy thing to do, but Jesus did so. Not an easy thing to do, but Jesus is saying if you live by faith, we have to put ourselves aside. Sometimes we have to swallow our egos just to say, I'm sorry. Just to say, you know what, I may be wrong. Just to say, you know what, it's not about me. The things that happen here in in our congregation, it's not about me. Bradley, thank you for leading that song. I was sitting there thinking of all kinds of things before before I got up here and, and I listened to that song. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Not because I live. But because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Whatever tomorrow brings. Because He lives, I can face this world tomorrow because I'm ready to face eternity. Because I believe in Him, I say it, I feel it, and I'm ready to act on it. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow because it's not about me. It's about Him. Paul would say in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, Do we have opportunity in our lives? We do. Let us do good to all people. Let us look for the opportunities to do good. But, especially, am I listening? Barry, wake up. Especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You see, faith does not ask if good works must be done. Faith does them before it's time to ask. Living by faith is not just about what I say. It's not just about what I feel. It's not just about believing. 
But it's also about doing. Taking what I say, taking what I feel, taking what I believe, and acting on it every day. But where? It begins with the family of believers. Church, it's not about me. It's all about Him. That's together. We stand and sing.